everyone, this episode is a recast of my Get Your Head in the Game mini-series from January, in case you missed it or you fancy a mid-year refresh. Over five bite-sized episodes, I help you recenter and refocus your money goals and habits, ready to take on the second half of this year. Enjoy! <laughs> You are listening to the Broke Generation podcast, the podcast that helps you feel better about money so you can be better with money. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording and you are listening to this podcast today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This is the Get Your Head in the Game mini-series, lovingly sponsored by my friends at Pocketsmith. Stay tuned in each episode each day this week for a hot money management tip and a special offer for the Break Generation listeners. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Broke Generation podcast and welcome to 2022. Happy New Year. I'm so thrilled to be back in your ears. And this episode is the first of a five episode mini series that will be dropping every single day this week. So buckle up and get ready to get your head in the game for 2022. So today we're going to talk all about the very first step in deciding to make financial progress, whether that's as part of a new year mood or whether that's wiping the slate clean after a holiday or just getting back on track after after a bit of a, a bit of a wobbly patch or a, a season of unaligned spending, shall we say. The last couple of years have been pretty messed up in more ways than one for most of us and our finances have been directly and indirectly affected in a myriad of ways. And one of the biggest casualties of living through trauma of any kind is a big hit to your relationship with money. Not only your financial situation, but your relationship with money and the way that you see money in the context of your broader reality. So whatever this is the beginning of for you, whether it's a complete financial overhaul, whether you're trying to get back into some of the good habits that you had pre-COVID or pre-lockdown or before other life shit, or somewhere in the middle that's somewhere on a sliding scale of just trying to do a bit better with your money, the first step is always to wipe the slate clean and let go of baggage. And this is so important because we carry baggage in so many areas of our lives and letting go of that before we embark on anything new is always valuable and it's something that so many of us overlook doing. And then when it kind of like creeps up on us a few months or years down the line, we're always kind of caught off guard and it can really, really derail the progress that we've made. So as an example, letting go of baggage as much as you can, letting go of baggage from an old job before you start a new one, letting go of old relationship baggage before dating somebody new. The same type of thing goes for your money. To improve your relationship with money, you have to as best you can, let go of baggage that you are carrying. So how do we identify what our baggage is and then how do we let go of it? That really starts with sitting with some pretty icky thoughts for a while. It can be uncomfortable, but it is a really powerful task to engage with. So what I want you to do is grab a piece of paper or your notes up on your phone and just start brain dumping any money stuff that makes you feel like inside, however unreasonable it might be. The more unreasonable, the better. I'll go first, if you like, with one that will make you feel like way less of a shit person. Some baggage I'm releasing from the last couple of years is that a part of me wishes that 
I could have had some time off and received some support payments during the pandemic. And there's a part of me that is a little bit resentful that I had to work the whole way through. I know it's unreasonable. I know it's privilegy. And I know it's a really under nuanced argument. But this is what I'm talking about. If it makes you feel icky, even if it's something that you really don't want to admit to anybody, you don't have to. You don't have to broadcast yours on a podcast like I just did. But I really want you to get clear on what are those things that are really making you feel either resentful or stuck or angry or upset or guilty or shameful about money. You can be as bitchy or unreasonable as you like. (laughs) Just dump it out. Let the baggage out. It can feel like writing it down will do jack shit. But trust me, it really is therapeutic. Even if you don't feel it at the time, letting it out and accepting it, because if you've written it down on paper, you've accepted it. Me saying it on this podcast is me accepting it. That is all part of me letting it go. Now, if you're struggling with this, make it a digital thing that you add to as and when things sort of dance into your memory. Doing it that gradual way, I've done that once before, and it really helped me dig up the fact that I was actually still deeply resentful about the fact that somebody pickpocketed £40 from me on the tube once when I was living in London, which seems, you know, a really strange thing to still be angry about, given it was like almost a decade ago, probably. But adding to that list of things as you remember them, however ridiculous, is really going to be helpful with this. Now, once you've got your list of things, the next thing we need to do is take some action to release them. So whether it's deleting the note that you've made on your phone or printing it out and screwing it up or screwing up the paper that you wrote it on or throwing it on the fire or, you know, placing it nicely into your recycling bin because it's 2022 and we're a conscious bunch. But just do something, some kind of action to represent those feelings, leaving your mind and body, leaving your year, leaving you to get on with your your life, your financial life and your non-financial life in peace. If you feel like some of them are hanging around and don't want to budge after you've done this, try writing them out again and then releasing them by instead writing a counter statement that offsets that feeling. Whatever you need to say, it doesn't need to be true, it doesn't need to be certainty, but whatever you need to say to feel good about that thing or to put that thing into perspective is something that can really help you release it because it sort of overrides that negative thought with something that sort of like resolves it and puts an end to it. So for my £40 being stolen on the tube, it might be that person needed it more than I do, or I'm grateful to not be losing sleep over £40 anymore, or given the person I was back then, I wouldn't have much to show for that £40 now anyway. Or for my, you know, icky, icky desire to have been out of work in some capacity this year, it might be something like you did the hard work during that time. And now as a result, you can take more time off another time or your time off is in your control. You can take it if you want to really reminding myself that while it's a valid feeling, given the burnout I've experienced this year, you know, there's also a lot of privilege. I've had a lot of opportunities as a result of doing that. And it's not worth putting my life or my progress on hold to dwell on because that is just the way that it is. Some people that were working wish they weren't. Some people that weren't working wish they were. You know, we've all experienced such different things and there's really no point dwelling on it anymore because it has happened. They are valid emotions. They are valid things to feel, but now we need to get rid of them and release them. So once we've dumped out that baggage and started to release it, if there's things that still hang around, don't worry. It's really normal and some more severe things may do. I mean, the examples I've given are pretty light ones, but of course, everybody's got some pretty heavy ones and some of us will have really, really heavy ones. So they're not just going to magically melt away, you know, particularly if they're quite impactful things. But trust me, there will be some mental benefit to having done that releasing exercise, to writing them out, to facing up to them and then to taking that action either with the counter argument or with physically getting rid of them. 
So what happens now? How do we move forward in a non-toxic way and use this sort of clean slate to pave a new way going forward? We need to recalibrate our brains to a forward thinking view. We've spent a lot of the last couple of years looking back and really struggling to look forward, but now we're really letting go of the past and it is all about the future. So there are a few questions you can ask yourself either now as part of this exercise or throughout the next few weeks as your old stuckness starts to sort of present itself in the new context of 2022 or whenever you're doing this, because our brains are sneaky little bastards that like to flood us with a shitload of motivation one day and a deep dread for any kind of self-improvement that we've committed to the next day. So really being prepared for the fact that your motivation that you might be feeling listening to this now is going to ebb and flow. So a question you can ask yourself is what are you losing or missing out on by staying right here? Something I've talked about recently in my newsletter, which you can sign up to at thebrokegeneration.com slash subscribe if you're not already signed up, is this inherent defiance that we all have that can actually be really powerful in getting us to step up and take action. So if your mind is like, oh, it's just too hard to get back on this money wagon or to start, or if you're moping about thinking, you know what, it's just going to be like this forever. This is just my financial situation. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm always going to be a spender. I'm always going to be bad with money. Imagine saying it to somebody and the response being, yeah, you know, you're actually right. Nothing will ever change because you just can't do it. I don't think you can do it. I think you're going to be stuck where you are. Chances are something inside of you will fire up and go, well, no, actually, I can change it because I earn such and such or I can do X, Y and Z or, well, if it got really bad, I would do this with this, this and this. I did such and such once before so I can do it again. Imagine someone is agreeing with that negative side of your brain and saying, you know what? Yeah, all you can do is stay right here. You know, nothing ever is going to change. And see what defiant energy comes up with that, because it's a pretty good one to use when you're trying to do anything, really. Sort of you're thinking about, I don't know, changing jobs or whatever. And then you kind of go, oh, but no, I might be shit at the new job. Imagine your best friend saying, you know what? Yeah, you'd be really shit at that job. You sort of think, oh, well, I don't think so. When you're in that fight or flight and you have to advocate for yourself, you might find that you actually have a lot more self-belief than you realise. The next question you can ask yourself is what does progress look like over the next 90 days? So think about what would make you feel like you've made some positive steps towards a better reality for yourself. Is it that you'd like to be buying less stuff you regret? Would you like to feel more in control? Would you like to be back sticking to a weekly spending amount? Would you like to have a bit more routine in your finances? Would you like to start allowing yourself to have a nice dinner out once a month? Would you like to have some savings starting to build up? Defining what progress looks like and feels like rather than an end goal has a number of benefits because firstly, it takes the pressure off having to think about an end goal. And secondly, by looking at progress in the next 90 days, it helps you see these changes as much more of a lifestyle shift than a short term sprint, which is what a lot of the new year or new start or eight week challenge or whatever narrative leans into. It's very short term, but looking at 90 days and looking at progress rather than reaching an end goal helps us look at how we can use the next 90 days, which is a quarter of the year, give or take. It really helps us see how we can use this time to get on an upward trajectory without rushing to the good bit or rushing to the end bit or rushing to the easy bit. Because realistically, there is no good bit or no easy bit. It all goes up and down. Some things are really easy. Some things are really hard. But the consistency is the key part. 
So once you've thought about what that progress means and what would represent progress for you in the next 90 days, see if you can write up some small actions and micro milestones to start building the habits and structures that are going to make that progress a reality. That might be if yours was one of the examples from before. So you'd like to be buying less things that you regret and feel a bit more in control of where your money is going. That might mean that you like to do a weekly or a fortnightly review of your transactions and finding out which categories your money's going into. So then your action point might be to set up sort of a, a system or a, a routine that you might do every week or every fortnight or every payday or every month to see what your transactions are looking like, and then sort of have maybe as a milestone, a target of a certain percentage of your income going on to discretionary spending, or maybe a certain number of categories. You'd like to see your money sort of spread equally across the things that really matter to you, for example. Breaking that down into progress and then micro actions and micro milestones is going to be so much easier than sort of thinking, okay, it's a new year, I'm wiping the slate clean and I'm going to save $20,000 because that just has... You know, there's so many more steps in between that we're not looking at there. And there's so many other ways that we need to feel before we can achieve that goal. So that's all for the first episode of the mini series. I really hope it's helped to start you get your head in the game for a shit hot fresh start, whatever your goals are, whatever you're embarking on. Episode two will be dropping tomorrow where we'll be digging into financial values and how spending and managing money in alignment with them can transform your relationship with money and your financial situation at the same time. To round out this episode, a quick message from our sponsor of the Get Your Head in the Game mini-series, Pocketsmith. Pocketsmith is the personal finance software for all walks of life and the perfect practical companion to your newly refreshed emotional approach to your finances. You can link your bank feeds for more than 11,000 banks and financial institutions across the world and get really clear on your transactions with organisational and categorization tools at your fingertips. You can also create and tweak budgets and cash flow plans for every season of your life. So whether you're embarking on a big savings goal or planning a complex spend like a wedding or a renovation, you can keep tabs on every step all in one place. Plus, you can track your net worth, plan for upcoming bills and direct debits, and even store important household documents like warranties and receipts to give your financial productivity a huge boost as well. Head to pocketsmith.com forward slash the broke generation to try it for yourself with 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith Premium. And also check out the link in the show notes for a tour of Pocketsmith's handiest features. Thanks for tuning in to episode one of the mini series. I will be back in your ears every day this week with more hot tips to help you get your head in the game. Thank you.